Psalm 50 together. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before Him is a devouring fire. Around Him a mighty tempest. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by my sacrifice. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And the Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, In the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory, and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Second Kings in the second chapter. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? He answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please. Let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more, 
And then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. But not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, It is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise and honor the gospel. From Mark's gospel in the ninth chapter. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen. Until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of our Lord. May be seated, and I invite our young ones, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for gathering us together into your presence, bringing your people together to hear your word and receive your gifts. We pray you move by your spirit as uh, you remove distractions from our hearts and minds and reveal to us once again the Savior of ours, Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen. All right, we're at the last Sunday before Lent starts, okay? Ash Wednesday is coming, and then we enter into that penitential, thoughtful season of Lent before we hit the joys of Easter. And all these past Sundays, we have been following uh, 
looking at how Jesus has been revealed to humanity. So that season right after Christmas of Epiphany, all those Sundays after Epiphany, we kept seeing something new about Jesus, something that people couldn't quite wrap their heads around, right? As we saw him born, and then we saw the wise men come and visit, and then the weeks after that, we see him baptized and the Father showing up and saying, this is my Son whom I love. And then we see him casting out demons and doing things that people don't normally do. Healing sick, right? And he's been doing all these things, showing the people who he is as the Son of God. And today we have Transfiguration Sunday. Always kind of a strange text to walk into and look at. Right? We've got... Peter, James, and John, kind of the main core three that always follow along with Jesus when he calls them to a special thing that's going to be going on. He takes them up a high mountain. First off, from the other Sundays until now, we're jumping ahead in the timeline a little bit. Last few Sundays have been in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. Now we're in chapter 9. So we're jumping ahead in the timeline a little bit. Many other things have happened. But Jesus takes these three disciples up to the mountain and they're just walking up thinking it's going to be a time of prayer. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is standing there, shining bright white like nobody could ever make clothes that white. Okay, Kids, have you ever tried to make clothes white? Or seen how your parents make clothes white? Right? Like bright white, super bright. Making stuff really shiny. And he's there standing, light emanating from him. And as Peter and James and John look up at this scene, there's two other figures there. And there's Moses and Elijah. How they knew, I don't know. Right? We always make the joke, I wonder if they had name tags on. I don't know. But they knew it was Moses and Elijah. Maybe Jesus introduced them to him and said, here's Moses, here's Elijah. Not sure. But nonetheless, they knew who these guys were. And Moses and Elijah, one representing the law, one representing all of the prophets, both sitting there talking to Jesus. Peter and all of his brashness and having no idea what to say and being terrified the nervous talker of the entire crew just blurts out what's good that we're here teacher this is wonderful great we actually get to see who you are as messiah you have power over everything let's set up three altars let's set up an altar and a place for moses to hang out and a place for you to hang out and a place for elijah to hang out we'll camp here for a little while and we will just live in the glory of you and the Father, and, and these other guys that have gone before, and we get to just bask in this beautiful glory. Let's hang out here for a bit. And then there's this voice. Again, a voice from the Father. This is my Son. Listen to Him. And I love that the next words out of Jesus' mouth to the disciples are, Be quiet. <laughs> great you get the father here saying look guys this is my beloved son you already heard me say this before it is baptism and now you're hearing it again this is him this is the one and you got to listen to everything he says and then the first thing he says is, you know you don't get to tell anybody about anything you saw yet it's an interesting thing isn't it i mean think through all these times so far where peter would blurt out right just his character, his personality, this one that would have words ready to talk, but he doesn't really know what those words need to be at times. There's moments where 
Jesus would ask the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they would say, I don't know, some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some say you're Elijah, come back. And he says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, that's right, good job. And then in the next moment, he says, now I'm going to go to Jerusalem and die and be crucified at the hands of the leaders. And Peter says, far be it from you for that to happen, Jesus. We're not going to let that happen to you. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Right? Peter didn't quite get it. Didn't quite understand who Jesus is. He saw him in his glory, yet still couldn't wrap his head around what Jesus' actual mission was. All of who Peter was wanted everything within him to be something that would support this mission that Jesus was on, except he didn't really know what it was. And so bit by bit, it had been revealed to him. Bit by bit, it had been opened up to him. Bit by bit, his eyes got to see more and more who this Jesus is. First off, he was a guy walking along the shore calling people to follow him. Then he was a guy casting out demons. Then he was a guy with power over the wind and the waves and they couldn't quite figure out how this guy did God stuff. And now, shining in the glory of God. Peter says, yeah, I guess this is the guy. This is the one. He's the one to make Israel right again. He's the king. He's the one who's going to make everything perfect again for our people. Jesus says, be quiet. I know you want to talk, Peter. I know you want to say all those words that are building up in your head and they just want to come out, but don't. Because you don't know who I am yet. You don't know who I am until you see me lifted up on a cross. You don't know who I am until you see me buried in the tomb. And you don't know who I am until I'm resurrected from the dead. At that point, Then you can start talking. I mean, look at what God did for this nervous talker of Peter. This one who would always blurt out words and never really know if they were quite the right words or not, but he thought they were the right words and then he would get reprimanded. Look at this guy who Jesus so often told him to be quiet, to not tell anybody. Look what happened after the resurrection. Who was the one standing at Pentecost preaching to thousands? It was Peter. Who was the one that was recounting all of these accounts from his moments of standing next to Jesus so Mark could write them down? It was Peter. Who was one of the head voices within the early church throughout the whole book of Acts as they would go around places? It was Peter. This man who Jesus told to be quiet in a kind way so many times is now one of the strongest voices in the early church ready to stand strong in that word all the way to martyrdom, professing the forgiveness of sins in Christ alone because he knew after the resurrection that Jesus was not just there to be the king of Israel. Jesus was not there just to bring Israel back into good order and to get the Romans out, but Jesus was there to die and rise for the forgiveness of sins for the entirety of humanity, to make everything right between the creator and the creation. At that moment, after all that happened, that Jesus said, you go, go talk, go tell everybody, right? He said, Peter, do you love me? 
Yeah. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? And Peter gets grieved at this point after this. And he says, yeah, Lord, I love you. I'm sorry for denouncing you in the court of the rulers as I stood there and told them I had no idea who you were. But I know who you are now because you revealed yourself to me. I saw you on the mountain. I've seen you in the resurrection. I know that you are alive and I know that what you have done and I know that you're the Son of God and I know that you're the one and the only one who could rise and forgive sins. He says, great. Go tell everybody. That's a weakness within Peter originally that God shaped by his word to turn completely around into the service of God. A man who always had words, but now these words are shaped by God's actions, by God's word, by God revealing himself and his love for humanity in Christ. And as Peter saw all of that, now this nervous talker becomes a preacher. How beautiful is that? Each and every single one of you has such a wonderful characteristic and personality and gifts and skills and abilities that God has given to you. And it is amazing how throughout life he shapes those things by his word and his work to bring you to a point to continue to share his goodness, love, glory, mercy, forgiveness, and grace with the people that he brings into your life. Maybe you're not always one that has words, but you find yourself having time, and now that time becomes more focused and spent being able to share God's mercies and grace with people. You've always had a nurturing heart that tends to be a little more self-nurturing than other nurturing, but by God's word, he takes that and shapes that and turns your eyes outwards to how to care for the people that are around you, giving you skills on how to use your hands and build things up and take care of others, brains that think deep thoughts, yet now they're not deep thoughts questioning whether or not I don't know, some other thing, but now they're deep thoughts shaped by God's word. There's so many examples for every single one of you in what you may have looked at throughout life as a weakness and then as God takes that thing and shapes it and rebuilds it by his word, for his purposes, to benefit his people, to take his word out into the places where he takes you. It's amazing what God does in every single one of our lives, and I see it. I see it in you all as you take care of one another. I see it in you all as you uh, call on each other and bring food in places and share cookies and <laughs> all the different things you do to take care of one another and to go out into the world and share his word. But that's what God has done in your life. In the same way that he took a nervous talker and made him a preacher, he works through your life to change you, to change your heart, to focus it in on Christ and to see how because of Jesus and all that he has done for you, he sends you out so you can share that word with others. And sometimes it's a really small circle and that's okay. Sometimes it's a really broad stage, that's okay. But God works through you so others would know of him in the same way that he did through Peter. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us. That in Christ you have made us your own and you continue to work through us to your glory and for the good of our neighbor. We pray that you would continue to lead us. 
Guard us by your Spirit. Give us patience when it's time not to talk and the words to say when it is. And guide us, Lord, in all things by your Son. And in his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as we